0: Chapter 12, he went away. In time, all of my angelic features began to fade. I started to drink and smoke. The cursing got out of hand. Now I can't picture the time when I didn't curse. Even now, this is one habit that is hard to break. But I'm working on it. It seems the less I say, the less I curse. So I try not to say too much. I started cheating during my marriage. Anthony always did it, so I thought I could do it too. This was a big mistake. I'd meet a few guys and would see them for a while, but when I wanted to stop seeing them, it became a problem. That was one particular man I met named Larry. He was an older married man. The chemistry between us was great. I met him while working at a manufacturing plant. He was a good man who loved his family, and somehow he fell in love with me. I didn't love him at first, but as time passed, I realized I could love two people and still stay stay sane in the process. I knew he loved his wife, just as I loved Anthony. But when when we were together, The problem of married life didn't exist. There was so much passion between us. We would see each other at least twice a week. I couldn't wait to be with him. Larry was always there for me whenever Anthony and I broke up. Our relationship ended when he died 20 years later. One day I found a new passion. I could always sew clothes and small accessories, but reupholstering furniture became a new challenge. My mother would reupholster a few pieces when she was living. I began by working in a lot of different upholstery shops. This gave me the experience I needed for a good foundation. It wasn't easy, though. Most of the times, I was the only woman working in the shops, but I was determined to learn. The drinking finally took a toll on my father. His hands trembled so badly when he held the clippers until he had to stop cutting hair. Then suddenly one day he stopped drinking. He said he thought it was time to quit when he started losing his memory. Sometimes he couldn't remember how he got home, and it took days for him to sober up. What really made him stop drinking was he heard me telling Kathy that my boys didn't want him to cut their hair anymore. He would always mess up their haircuts. If that's what it took to make him give up drinking, then it was a blessing in disguise. I think Mother would, if she could, trade a day in paradise just to see him completely sober. Daddy started drinking when he was only 12 years old. In 1985, my father had a stroke, which left him paralyzed on the right side. This tall, good-looking man was now an old, white-haired man in a wheelchair. I never noticed how much he had aged until then. When he was released from the hospital, I brought him home to live with me. Even though Ronald and Kathy had moved back home after they were divorced from their spouses, I knew they wouldn't take good care of him. He needed therapy twice a week and had to be given a lot of medication. So with Anthony's consent, I moved him home with us for a while. The boys loved their grandfather and he was very proud of them. Anthony loved him too. He took care of him while I worked on the day. Then he'd go to work at night. With time and a lot of therapy, Daddy regained his speech and was able to walk with the aid of a cane. During the Christmas break that year, when the weather was too bad for the boys to go outside, Daddy taught them how to play dominoes. He was a great domino player. The boys and their father were learning from the best. Daddy couldn't hold the dominoes, so he coached one of the boys and tell them what domino to play. They woke up early and stayed up late at night learning this new game and liked dominoes more than the Nintendo they got for Christmas. In March the following year, my daddy had a massive stroke. When one of the doctors at the veteran hospital showed me the scans, I couldn't believe what I saw. His brains looked at, looked as if it was beaten and pushed to one side of his head. There was no way for him to survive this. I tried to pray, but I couldn't think of anything to say. I didn't want to see him like this, nor did I want him to rein, regain consciousness. He would only be a vegetable. Mimo looked thin and frail as she held his lifeless body in her arms. In that moment I saw the endless love a mother has for her child. Daddy was in no way a perfect son, husband or father. But at that moment I saw him as her child. I finally understood their relationship because of the undying love I have my children. I have for my children. Mimo died a year later. The reality of Daddy's death hit me hard as I was cleaning out the refrigerator the night he died. The old molded food purchased with good intentions that was once fresh and appealing to the eyes reminded me of life, how it can begin with a beautiful beginning and then deteriorate before you get around to enjoying it. I sobbed and wept wept uncontrollably as I discarded the withered fruit and the sour milk that had expired well beyond its time. It would have been better if Daddy and I had known each other long before now. We were so much alike. But he had to live his life in his own world, and so did I. At least our worlds finally met. This made me feel a lot better. Every time I cleaned the fridge now, I think about him and how much I miss him. I saw him change from this mean alcoholic that none of us understood to a sweet, funny, and sober man who really loves his family. Just as we were beginning to know each other, he had to leave. We spoke our last words to each other the night before he had the stroke. The conversation was very playful. And he made me laugh. We started to tease each other a lot back then. i joked joke with him how clumsy, about how clumsy he was with his cane. And he'd talk about how fat I was. That night as I was leaving, he wanted to know where I was going. When I told him that I was headed for the gym, he laughed and said, Girl, you better hurry up and get there. You're getting fatter about a minute. My good buddy, I still owe you one.